coming from STM out the legendary shows. I knew I'd be a star. Little did I know. Roger Mayweather. Most people don't know shit about boxing. Everybody likes to say boxing is dying or boxing is dead. But those MMA guys, when they want to get paid, guess where they go? To the boxing ring. And we saw that this weekend when Francis Ngannou, the UFC heavyweight champion, fought the lineal heavyweight champion of the world, Tyson, the Gypsy King, Fury. To my understanding, Nganu made eight times more money than he ever made in his entire UFC career fighting over in Saudi Arabia. And here's the secret. He won the fight. He did. Most fights, or all fights, I should say, are scored uh, by rounds, right? And a lot of people don't really understand how boxing scoring works. You know, it's it's it has some ring generalship, defense, offense. There's a lot of different criteria but the easiest way that i can explain it to you or when you're trying to watch a fight if you're a boxing novice when you're trying to score a round is at the end of the round who would you have preferred to be who controlled the round who landed the cleaner heavier shots it's really easy to do just watch and you can after ending each round you can say okay i would have rather been that guy that round well, I would have rather been this guy that round. And if you watch the fight, if you go back and watch a replay of the fight, at best, you could probably give Tyson Fury five rounds. But even if you gave him five rounds, considering that Nganu knocked him on his ass, that would give Nganu the fight. Now, if you want to know why Tyson Fury was never going to lose unless he got knocked out cold was, there's too much money involved. He has an undisputed heavyweight championship match waiting with Alexander Usyk. Not Uso, Usyk. And they couldn't have that messed up. So as long as he stayed on his feet and didn't get knocked down five times, as long as he did just enough, they were going to figure out a way to make sure that he, he won. Close fight, but clear fight. Won by Ngannou. You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, this is why MMA fighters are better and things like that. Look, it really has nothing to do with that. You, you see people going crazy saying that Ngannou can be Wilder, he can beat Usyk, he can, he can beat Anthony Joshua and all that stuff. Slow your roll. Take a step back. 
take a deep breath. This was a situation where Tyson Fury clearly did not train. Tyson Fury clearly did not take Nganu seriously. And Uganu Nganu took Tyson Fury very seriously. And he took the art of boxing very seriously. And the heavyweight division is different than the other divisions. You know, you can get by with just a lot of power and minimal skill. The reason Tyson Fury normally is better because he has skill sets that are more like smaller fighters. But when he did not show that, you can see what happens. He got put on his ass. But yeah, Nganu should be very proud of himself. He should be the lineal heavyweight champion. But if it's uh, about cash, he's going to make himself a lot of money. Because now other fighters, heavyweights, are going to be like, if I face Nganu, I can get that Saudi Arabian money. I think there was a song by that, wasn't it? Uh, was that Buster Rhymes and, and Diddy? I don't, you know, I don't want you no copyright strike, but you know what I'm talking about. So I, I can't say it either because, you know, I also don't want to get in trouble. But yeah, they can go over to Saudi and, and get that money. But he was robbed. Yeah, he, he was clearly uh, robbed. Uh, Tyson Fury embarrassed himself, embarrassed the boxing. Uh, but look, you don't play boxing. Boxing, quote unquote, is not a sport. So I don't care who you are. If you don't train and you don't take somebody seriously, it doesn't matter who they are. They can put you on your ass. And you saw that this Saturday. What else we got? That's that wild cherry. That's not bad. Former number one overall NBA draft pick, Joseph Smith known as Joe Smith to most of you guys. He had a journeyman career around the NBA. He played for about 16, 15, 16 years, a bunch of different teams, made about $70 million, lost it all, <laughs> was broke. And uh, he recently got, I guess, married to a uh, young woman, young lady, and everything seemed you know, great. I think they was on Say Yes for the Dress. That's a very nice show. You've never watched that. Um Everything looks good. It, it appeared that she just, you know, loved him for who he was until today. <laughs> um, the young lady uh, made a video. I guess Joe was upset. He was perusing the internet and uh, caught his wife on OnlyFans. She has an OnlyFans account. And she did not tell Joe that she had started up an OnlyFans account. Now, most people are focused on the OnlyFans part. You know what I was focused on? If you watch the video closely, you watch the video closely, the reason that she says that she did an OnlyFans account was because she thought Joe was going to, you know, I guess give her this luxurious lifestyle and he hasn't been providing any solutions of why they don't have a luxurious lifestyle. And then if you listen to Joe, Joe says, look, I know you used to, you know, show your body before we met, but now you are a married woman. So I expect it to be different. It's the quote unquote, can you delete your wholeness? Can you turn a hoe into a housewife uh, dilemma? And obviously Joe thought that's what he could do. And Joe was wrong. 
Now, regardless of what you think about the OnlyFans situation, I think the real issue is, why wouldn't you tell your spouse what you was up to? If you had a way to make some money, to make some cash that would benefit the family, why would you keep that hidden? Now, she says that, hey, my body, my... And that's fine. I'm not saying that she... He could just tell her not to do it. But hiding things from your spouse will not turn out well for you, especially things where men are paying $5.99 to see you twerk online. That's something that a married man, I would say most uh, married men that you know are not on no jumper, uh, would have an issue with. Now, maybe some guys would see them checks and be like, ah, it's all good. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> But I think most married men expect their wife to have kind of a certain level of decency where, you know, you're married now, so you don't have to do that anymore or whatever it may be. It's it's caused furious, furious debates um, online. Most of the guys are like, what's the OnlyFans link? I believe it's hidden, not hidden, but I do believe that the name and things have been change but you know obviously she's according to her she's they they breaking her off so i don't know why we she recorded this i don't know like why she needed a record of this i don't know how it ended up online it seemed like a personal conversation that should have stayed in the house but you know joe smith has went from number one pick making uh generational wealth losing generational wealth to being a failed rapper and now his wife is on OnlyFans. Uh, that's a tough goal of it. That's a tough goal of it. I'm gonna I'm gonna pray uh, for Joe Smith. Uh, say a little prayer uh, for him because that's rough. Now one could wonder how did Joe even find it? <laughs> Was Joe on OnlyFans himself? Does Joe got a couple of subscriptions? I don't know. I don't know. Brock Purdy. Uh, he had me fooled. I saw him dice up the, the Cowboys who were very good uh, defense. Uh, the anticipation throws, the coolness in the pocket. Uh, for somebody that had questions about Mr. Purdy at the beginning of the year, I, I thought, you know, hey, I was wrong. I could always admit when, when I was wrong, I said, well, Mr. Purdy, you know, he ain't too bad. Uh, he looked like trash. Uh, lately. And I don't know. I asked the people like what's going on with, with Brock. Uh they, you know, some people think it's because Debo and, and Trent Williams are out. Some people think the more tape that defensive coordinators uh got on, the easier it's been. Um, I tend to believe what one person said is that uh it's very easy, well, it's easier to quarterback um from when you have a 20-point lead all the time, when you're ahead. There's some weird stat out there about Mike Shanahan. Not Mike Shanahan. Kyle, that's his dad. I'll tell you how old I am. Date myself. Kyle Shanahan. Um, something like 0 and 40 when he 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 trails by eight or more in the fourth quarter. That's not good. That's not good. That you you're front runners. And if you can't ever come from behind, I think that's the difference between good and great quarterbacks and good and great coaches. Because a great quarterback kind of rises up in those situations. A good quarterback folds. A, a great coach rises up in those situations. A good coach folds. So that's a that's a very alarming stat. 
Now, I'm not giving up on Young Buck because, you know, everything is not peachy. Anybody can have a bad game or two. I mean, uh, Patrick Mahomes looked awful uh, this week. So, I mean, it's not it's not unreasonable to think that you can have a, a bad stretch. Um, and as long as they're going to stick with him, he has plenty of time to, to turn it around. Uh, but, you know, we can't crown these guys. You're going to crown them? Then crown them. Shout out to uh, RIP, I should say, to Dennis. Uh, uh, was it Dennis? It's not Smith. You know the coach that I'm talking about. You're crowning, you're crowning. Uh, Dennis, something. Good look it up. Good stop the video. Mm, let's just look it up. <laughs> Since he's passed away, I don't want to get his name wrong. <laughs> you want to crown him? Then crown him. <laughs> that's a classic. Uh, that's a classic thing. Uh, Dennis Green, Dennis Green. Yeah, you want to, you want to, you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. <laughs> but they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. <laughs> now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. I hear you, Dennis. I hear you, Dennis. Let them off the hook. R.I.P. R.I.P. to Dennis. Yeah, we'll see what goes on with uh, Mr. Purdy going forward. Uh, I saw a video. Uh, friend uh, Stephen A. Smith said that he would take uh, dinner with Jay-Z over $500,000. Uh, please do not listen to Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith is a millionaire. <laughs> it's easy for a millionaire to say, I won't take $500,000 because they already have $500,000. So maybe dinner with Jay-Z would be nice for him to have because he already has millions of dollars uh, in the bank. I believe Stephen A. Smith said he spent $20,000 on Taylor Swift uh, tickets uh, for his daughter and her friends. So he's rich. When you're rich, you can do stuff like that. When you're poor, you cannot. Okay? We shouldn't have to have this conversation every week. I, I believe it's something like, what? well, let me look it up. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, how many Americans make over 500k a year <laughs> according to the data or data from the u.s census bureau the percentage of households in the united states with an annual income of 500,000 or more was 2.9 percent in 2020 so that's just assume it's three percent now it's worth noting that this figure includes both single person households and households with multiple earners so that even means it's three percent of people that, and that's just like you're married. So it's like both of you guys together. Three percent of Americans. Three percent. And for I think single uh, people is one percent of the population. You know how many people there are in America? I don't know. That's why I'm looking up. <laughs> uh, see how many people in the U.S. <laughs> Uh, according to this, there's 331.9 million people, okay? Now I have to do some math, okay? <laughs> now we're going to do some math. Oh, is that right? Yeah, 300, 340 million as of October 30th, okay? So, there's 340 million, and I'm even going to use the, the 3%, uh, we're going to use the 3% number, is that right? 400... I'm using my calendar here, okay? 3%. 
So out of three, well, the three hundred and forty million, okay, people, a hundred thousand, basically one hundred and two thousand, uh, make at least five hundred thousand dollars a year out of three hundred and forty million, okay. <laughs> and let me tell you, I'm sure out of that hundred and two thousand, it's a lot of those are white people. <laughs> so the chances of you ever seeing $500,000 is very, very, very low. It's very, very, very low. So there's nothing that Jay-Z can tell you at a dinner that's going to make you $500,000. Absolutely nothing. If you want to know everything about Jay-Z and his thought process of how he makes money, uh, just listen to the second verse of Moment of Clarity. That will tell you everything that you need to know for free. Always take the money. That that should be the rule. If somebody's offering you something, take the money. Unless it's DJ in, then then don't then don't take the money. Uh, Flavor Flav uh, sung the uh, national anthem at the Bucks game, and I thought he did an excellent job. Better than Carl Lewis. Better than Fergie. And I noticed some people was getting on him, and Flav was like, "Hey, it's something that I always wanted to do, and I did it." That's the way you should live your life. The you should live. Go to Flav. What? Let me go look it up. <laughs> now, I don't look it up. I'm going to look it up. Flavor Flav's uh, Twitter, because I, I want you guys to write this down because it's uh, it's really uh, it's a smart way of living your life, and you can't be worried about what it says. Here it is. It says it's Flavor Flav on Twitter. It says the anthem was a long time bucket list item that was fun. I can't live my life worried about what other people might say about me. I won't let that stop me from trying new things and doing things I want to do. Some people might not like that, but a sure failure is if you stop trying. I mean, how profound is that? Do what you like to do. Try stuff that you you always wanted to try. Don't let anybody make you feel like you shouldn't try it. And uh, like you said, definite failure is never trying. You can't fail unless you try that's worth more than dinner with Jay-Z. You could have got your dinner with Jay-Z on Flavor Flav's Twitter and the $500,000. Nothing that Jay-Z could tell you is more profound than what Flavor Flav just said. I can't live my life worried about what other people might say about me. I won't let that stop me from trying new things and doing things I want to do. Some people might not like it, but a sure failure is if you stop trying. That's worth $500,000 right there for free on Flavor Flav's Twitter account. My goodness. That's 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 a word from, from Flavor Flav. That's a word from Flavor Flav. Uh, last story. I'm going to get out of here because I found this interesting. I haven't even wrote about it, but I just found it interesting. There's this food critic named Keith Lee. Uh, not super familiar with him, but I, I have seen where he, in the past, has gone to places that were like not doing very well, struggling financially, maybe was getting ready to close, especially post-pandemic. Uh, um, he goes there kind of anonymously, uh, does a food review in his car. He's very popular, and he literally saves the... Um, 
He saves the business. He saves the restaurant. Really cool stuff. Black guy, really nice stuff. I mean, I, I like I said, I don't know anything about him or anything like that, but I think that's really cool to go to a mom and pop that was struggling and you go there and all you got to do is say, you know, the food's nice. And next thing you know, they get more orders than they got all year. What's a, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, but because, you know, we live in a society where, you know, just people being nice, just that doesn't last for a long period of time. There's always somebody got to try to tear them down. Keith is in a, in a, in a bit of a, Pickle, I guess, or a debate that's happening right now. He tried to go to a restaurant in Atlanta and his mom tried to go in and get a table or get a takeout. They say, well, they don't do takeout on the weekends or to go orders on the weekend. Mom asked how long it would take uh, to get a table set. And they said an hour, hour and a half. Um, when Keith came in, uh, they said they can sit them in five minutes. Now, a couple of things that you need to know. If you don't know, uh, uh, restaurants, if they want to seat you immediately, they can. Any restaurant in the world, uh, if they want to, okay? Uh, a lot of times when they don't want certain people to be set, they will inflate the amount of time for the quote-unquote uh, wait. I think everybody should probably know that. Uh, Mr. Lee says one of the reasons that he doesn't announce himself uh, when he's doing his reviews or he, he does to-go orders and things like that is because he doesn't want, A, he doesn't want to be treated like a celebrity, and B, he doesn't want the service or anything to be swayed by the fact that people know whatever he says is going to have an effect on their restaurant. The re That's the reason that a lot of food critics kind of just go in anonymously. They don't you know, tell people that they're coming because of course, if if you are a critic of anything, people are going to roll out the red carpet. You're going to get the best food. You're going to get the best service. You're going to get the best waiter, best waitress. And it's skewed because that's not the everyday regular experience. Mr. Lee wants to do his reviews as if he was just a regular customer. If a regular customer has to wait an hour and a half, a regular customer doesn't get takeout. Uh, that's the way that he wants to be seen. So he, he didn't like the fact that they could see them in five minutes, but they wouldn't have set his mom for an hour, who's an older, you know, black woman. So he left. And some people are like, you should have just sat down. It's being dramatic or anything. It's it's interesting because we talk often about how we want to that celebrities are just people and we want them just to act normal and be normal and 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 have some have some thought process in the fact that, you know, other people don't get the type of access that they get. I always talk about how we see celebrities in the first row of the basketball games, right? They don't pay for the tickets, you know, because the team feels like, well, if you see, and I'm just using the name or whatever, you see Rihanna sitting in the front row of the Lakers game, it's going to make, People want to go to the Lakers fan. I, I, I doubt Taylor Swift is paying to get into the Chiefs game because they, they think Taylor Swift's going to be at the game. More people are going to come. So society in and of itself, and this is a whole other discussion that I can go on for about like an hour, but society in itself is backwards, right? Because the more money you have, the easier and more uh, friendly, I would say, things come to you. 
free things, uh, for example. And it's kind of backwards like that. Because think about it. If I'm buying a car, right? If I'm poor or if I'm just going check to check, right? Ideally, I should get the lowest interest rates because you want to help me, the person that's going check to check, be able to keep my car so I can keep my uh, job so I can make the payments on time, right? Whereas if you make more, <laughs> you should be able to afford maybe a higher you know, interest rate if you wanted said you know, car. But that's not how it works, right? The more money you have, the less you actually have to pay. Oh, like, so if you both of you guys are getting a Nissan Altima, right? But if you make $50,000 and your credit is, say, five fifty, and the other person makes $150,000 and their credit is seven fifty, and the car is $20,000 and you both take out a five-year loan, in the end, the person who makes less with a little bit lower credit score, which is a scam in and of itself, is going to end up paying like $40,000 for that Ultima, where the other person may end up paying, if it was $20,000, it may pay $25,000 when it's all over. So it's all backwards. So I think it's refreshing that Mr. Lee is like, yeah, I know I'm a celebrity. I know I got social uh, 19, whatever million followers and stuff. But for me to be give honest reviews to my fans, I need to go in and just be anonymous. So I give you an honest review. So in his mind, an honest review of that restaurant is that if you go on a certain day, you're not going to be able to get to go orders. They're going to tell you either they're lying or they're going to tell you the truth that it's an hour to hour and a half wait, even though if you're a celebrity, you can get in in five minutes. Now, I say all of that to say, I'd have took the tail. <laughs> I'm hungry. I would have sat down and eat. Uh, I am not a celebrity. Uh, but there have been instances where, you know, I've taken advantage of being slightly well-known. And I will continue to do something. Do so. Uh, Mr. Lee is a better person than I am. <laughs> That's headlines with uh, Robert Littell. Uh, we're going to be putting these up on the podcast, uh, headlines with Robert uh, Littell. So if you have, uh, you know, Apple or uh, whatever, Google, wherever you look at your your your, your Spotify, wherever your 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 the podcast comes from, that's where you can check us out on YouTube, uh, BSO TV. It's going to be on Twitter at BSO, Facebook, Black Sports Online, Instagram, BSO TV. We'll do some reels uh, for TikTok, Robert Letow, BSO. Tomorrow's Halloween special show for you tomorrow. I'm out.